This is the Purposeful Career Podcast with Carla Hudson, episode 28. I'm Carla Hudson, brand strategist, entrepreneur, and life coach. Whether you're on the corporate or entrepreneur track, or maybe both, decades of experience has taught me that creating success happens from the inside out. It's about having the clarity, self-confidence, and unstoppable belief to go after and get everything you want. If you'll come with me, I'll show you how. Hello, friends. I hope you guys had an amazing week. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share something new that I'm going to add to the podcast in a couple of weeks. I've had so many of you guys reach out to me after episodes through email or DM that I've decided to add an Ask Carla bonus episode to the last Wednesday of the month. Not 100% sure on what I'm going to call it. It might be Ask Carla, it might just be Ask the Coach, I don't know. But we're going to try it out and see how it goes, see if you guys like it or get value from it. As you know, I focus on helping people who are on the corporate track or those who are on the corporate side who want to start a business or a side hustle. So if there's something that you're struggling with in your career or something that you're struggling with as it relates to a side hustle or business, a big decision, maybe a difficult relationship, feeling stuck, whatever, you can send your question to Carla at thepurposefulcareer.com. Or you're welcome to DM me on Instagram or Facebook. And by the way, if you're not following me there, please do. I'm going to pick a few questions to answer on the episode. It's going to be completely anonymous, so I'll only use your first name and no location. And I'll also try to respond personally via email or DM, however you reach out to each one that I receive. So even if I don't address it on the podcast episode, I'd love to help you out through a private communication. I think it's going to be an interesting addition to the podcast. And if you like it, we'll keep doing it. So send your questions in over the next week and I'll pick a few and I'll record the first bonus episode. And that's going to air for the first time on Wednesday, July 28th. So remember, send your stuff to Carla at thepurposefulcareer.com or DM me on Facebook or Instagram. So last week we talked about managing disappointment. That is, as we discussed, a super important skill to cultivate in your career or life because as we all know, life is a series of ups and downs for all of us. And it's how we manage the downs that make the difference between whether we stay hopeful and possibilities oriented or whether we just kind of give up and sink into disbelief and low self-confidence. If you haven't listened to episode 27 on managing disappointment, you might want to give that episode a listen first because it's great lead into what we're going to talk about today. In that episode, I share that the key to managing disappointment is to shift your focus from the disappointment to a learning experience. So not to stay fixated on the outcome that happened, that's different from what you wanted to happen, but instead shifting into what did you learn by going through it? 
And we offer some ways to do that, some questions you can ask yourself. It's worth a listen because if there's one thing a career is chock full of, it's opportunities to manage disappointment. We do not always get what we want, but we can always learn how to deal with that in a productive way. And I thought because of that, an important follow-on to last week's episode was to discuss resilience, which is a fancy way of saying being great at bouncing back. So let's dive in. You know, in the simplest of terms, resilience is the ability to overcome negative events. And according to a study at Ohio State University, there's a difference between what we believe and what's true when it comes to how good we believe we are at resilience. According to Ohio State University, more than 80% of us believe that we are very resilient, that we have high levels of emotional and mental resilience. But when we test or are assessed, less than 60% of us actually score high for resilience. I know I just took an assessment when I started researching this podcast, and I have always thought of myself as being very resilient. And I think uh, my career is sort of proof of that. But there have been times when I haven't been as resilient, maybe because there were extenuating circumstances going on outside of my career that had me tested in unusual ways. I felt more drained. I didn't feel as you know, sort of powerful in my ability to bounce back. And there have been certain corporations, not many, that I've worked for in my past that I did not feel as aligned with in terms of the culture or whatever. And so in those periods, I think had I taken the resilience test, I probably would have scored much lower because of either what was going on in my personal life or how I felt just about working there. Didn't feel as good. But where I'm at right now in my business and still working in um, corporate in a career that I absolutely love and a company that I really enjoy, I was really pleased. My resilience was, my resilience score was 78 out of a possible 100. So certainly it can still improve, but I feel really good about that. And it feels true based on where I'm at in my life. So what I wanted to ask you guys is how you feel you do with bouncing back. And again, it's not a fixed thing. There are times in our lives where we'll be better than others. But what we're going to talk about today is how to build it. It's like a muscle. It's a mental and emotional muscle. And after the year we've all had, I kind of wanted to do this episode too, because you know, with COVID, I think as a, a family of humans around the world, we have all been tested with people getting sick and dying, with our uncertainty about what this virus meant, with dealing with all kinds of shortages in things that we're used to having in abundance in the supermarket, all of us getting thrown into remote work unexpectedly, some of us losing our jobs, children out of school, parents in the role of teacher, all of us feeling isolated from our family, friends, and unable to travel or do things that we love. It's just been a lot for all of us to deal with globally. And while, of course, we're still not 100% out of it, we've all got the headwinds or the lingering aspects of the virus still with us, 
you know, we're starting to get back to the business of life, which I know we're all grateful for. We're returning to work. Kids are returning to classrooms. People out of work are finding jobs. And it's great to see. It's amazing. And it's been a long year and a long time coming. The world is bouncing back. So have you stopped to think about how well you manage through COVID and its aftermath? Or think about other things, big and small, that have happened in your career or life. How well do you bounce back? Does it take you a while? Do you stay stuck a little bit in defeat and disappointment? Do you overthink or kind of ruminate on negative situations? Or do you feel like you spring back? Do you bounce back fast? Many of us believe that, you know, people are either resilient or they're not, but that's not true. Resilience isn't a trait that we're born with. It's something that we cultivate. It's something that we can build. So let's look at that and let's click into what's underneath resilience. Resilient people are good at regulating their emotions and staying calm under pressure, having a a cool head. This helps keeps their thinking clear, which of course leads to better problem solving. So how do you get good at regulating your emotions? It seems like some of us are naturally good at that. I think some of us are better at it in certain times in our lives where everything's kind of going our way. It's easier to be regulated when something stressful happens, when you don't have a ton of other things pulling you down. But there are times when you know, in our personal life, in our work life, like I was talking about earlier, maybe you're in a high pressure job in a company that is maybe more difficult for you to work in. And maybe there are also things going on in your personal life. I know I've had periods like that and it can be really, really hard in those instances, or it can feel hard or sometimes impossible to kind of take one more stressful thing right? And that's when our emotions can get the better of us. So the key really is learning how to regulate your emotions or kind of mastering the art, some people call it, of self-control. This means having the ability to manage your impulses, your emotions, and the things that you do or your behaviors so that they work to your advantage versus hold you back. As neuroscientists say, humans all have the ability to do this. And it's found in our brain in the prefrontal cortex, which is in the front of the brain. And that's highly developed in modern man. So it's the part of our brain that allows us to think and plan and evaluate versus just respond to impulse or succumb to urges. That is caused in the back of the brain by what's called the primitive brain and the reptilian brain. So self-control is about the ability to take power over your actions and learn how to ignore the urges or the immediate impulse to just respond or react, maybe in ways that don't serve you, no matter how powerful the trigger might be. The self-control like that, this ability to direct your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors toward the things that you want versus just responding in a way that might make you feel better in the short term, but which almost immediately usually leads to regret. 
or you wishing you could take it back or wish you hadn't done that thing or said that thing. I know we've all probably had instances like that. And our career and our lives for that matter, like I said, are full of opportunities to either exercise that type of self-control and willpower or not. Like here's just a few, like how do you respond to that colleague who's always difficult in meetings? Do you respond impulsively in a way that might make you feel better in that meeting, might make you feel like you met their difficulty with your own? Do you fire back with a zinger or do you keep your composure and exercise self-control? Or how do you respond to that email from the colleague or your boss or whoever that put you on the defensive? Do you fire off an emotional response that you're later going to regret? I know I've done that a few times. Or do you exercise self-control and delay responding until you can do so in a calm, rational way? Or maybe not respond at all if it's appropriate. Or how do you respond to difficult feedback from a boss, a client, or a colleague, or whatever? Or even in your personal relationships, do you say things at times to your friends, your family, kids, or your spouse, and then regret it? So those are just a few situations where the ability to exercise self-control or self-regulation over our life is important to the quality of our life or the outcomes that we want to have. Karen Rayovich is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania who, you know, their work in positive psychology is inspirational to me. I did do sort of a five course certification in it. And my dream is to go there and get a master's in positive psychology. But I've read a lot of their books by some of their rock star professors and Karen Rayovich is one of them. She has done a lot of pioneering work on the study of resilience if you're interested in learning more, I really recommend you check out her book, The Resilience Factor. It is a super interesting read. And according to her, there are seven factors of building resilience. But instead of going into the seven factors, I actually want to share a model that she came up with and uses, I think, in a a school environment. I don't know if it's just one school or multiple schools, but in my opinion, it is a brilliant model. She calls it the ABC model. And this is a cognitive behavioral technique that helps understand the interplay between adversity, beliefs, and consequences. So A, B, C. And I wanted to walk you through quickly how to do it or how to use the model because I think it's a really brilliant way. If you ever feel yourself triggered, if there are situations that you get in that you feel like you're stuck in this pattern of the situation happens and you're responding and then you immediately have regret, this is a way to kind of put an end to that. So here's how it works. Step A, which stands for adversity, works like this. Identify what she calls your push button adversities or challenges. So the things that happen where you feel triggered. What are those situations? Write them down. And these can either be situations or things that people say that trigger you. 
So think about things that happen to you on a fairly regular basis in your job, in your business, or it could be your personal relationships, social media, whatever. Anytime you feel like you're repeatedly getting your buttons pushed would be what I would call a push button adversity. So in my view, it's a a great way to think about it is what kinds of things cause an immediate spike in the more negative emotions you might feel like frustration or fear or anger or defensiveness or impatience. Getting in touch with, like if you don't, if you can't really think of any triggering events, think about things that happen that immediately cause you to feel angry. Once you get in touch with the more negative emotions, like the things that cause you to feel frustrated or angry or whatever, that's when you know that you've identified the real triggers for you. So think about the times when you felt those things and then look at either people or situations that triggered it. So that would be the A for the adversity. So write those things down. And then step B stands for beliefs. So once you've written down your adversities for each adversity you captured, think about a time, a specific time when that's happened recently, maybe. And now identify when that happened, what did you say to yourself? What were you thinking in the heat of the moment while it was happening? Write down the thoughts. So, you know, any of you who've listened to this podcast know that our approach to coaching is based on the cognitive behavioral approach. So we teach that beliefs are just thoughts that we have over and over and over again. So this piece of her model is especially important because becoming aware of the thoughts you have when the adversity or triggering event happens is the key to the whole thing because it's those thoughts that are actually causing the trigger not the event itself. And I know this doesn't feel true and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but that's why she's asking you to identify the things that trigger you. And you can do that by getting in touch with those negative emotions, but then look at what were you thinking at the time, you know, or this person is always doing this or this person's killing me. They always ask this question again and again and again, whatever it is, identify the thought behind it because it's that thought you have about that thing that's happening. That's causing you to feel anger, fear, defensive, whatever. And then part C. So once you've identified the adversities, you've written down the beliefs or the thoughts that you have about the triggers. Step C is about the consequences. So look at those two things the thoughts you've identified for each of your triggers, and those lead to the emotions that you feel, which is what we just talked about. And then play out what your typical reaction or response might be and what that results in. So for example, if you always have this colleague who's sending you difficult emails or acting up in meetings where you're presenting, think about what your typical reaction is. Do you typically respond with another zinger in the meeting, and then you regret it later because of how you felt it kind of undermined your authority? Or do you, when you get the email, do you just fire off a emotional response and then later regret it? Because now it's an email and emails forever. It's that type of a thing. So according to Karen Rayovich, the key is looking at the interplay between the B and the C in her model or the beliefs and thoughts that you have and the consequences. 
And this is very consistent with what I teach in my coaching practice, because it is our thinking that always determines how we feel and what we do and the results that we get in our lives. We teach the self-coaching model, which we outline in episode one. If you're new to the podcast, you might go back and listen to episode one, which is about the five interrelated parts of any problem. But our approach is further validated by Karen Rayovich's ABC model, which is just a shorter version. And her she introduced it specific to dealing with or building resilience, but I think it's brilliant. And it's a different way of pulling apart the issue. Bottom line, what I teach and what she teaches or whatever, it's important to know that your negative feelings or your triggers don't come from the things that people say or do. They come from what you think about what people say or do. So if you want to get great at bouncing back when something difficult happens or something doesn't go your way, you have to get great at being intentional with the thoughts that you choose to have instead of the thoughts that trigger you. And what I really love about Karen Rayovich's ABC model is that it starts with the trigger or what pushes your button. Because I think sometimes it can be really hard to get in touch with the thoughts that we're having. Because like we've said in past episodes, your brain works really fast. So catching an individual thought isn't always easy, but a great way to do it is what she's talking about in her ABC model. Because when you start with the trigger, what she's really saying is start, like identify the things that happen that cause you to feel the emotions you don't want to feel, you know, fear, anger, whatever. When you do that, you know, you've been triggered. And if you start there and then you sort of think about, and when you go to her step B in your beliefs, it's easier when you're thinking about a very specific trigger to come up with a situation and then think about how that happened and identify what you might've been thinking that's behind your emotions. Because you know that behind that emotional response is a thought or maybe a series of thoughts that caused the emotion. We don't think it's the way it works. We're trained to think that we feel the way we do because of what's happening, the situation or the event or the person or whatever, but it's never that. It's how we think about the situation, person, or event, and what we make that mean about the person or about us or whatever. So when you connect into the extreme emotions that she has in her model, it's a really great way of knowing that this is an area where you need to click into and identify the thoughts that are behind those negative emotions, examine them, and identify how they're playing out in your actions and results in ways that you might not want. So when you think about resilience, and I was I was telling you I would come back to my situation. So you know, it wasn't in this current corporate role that I've had, but in, in past corporate roles, there have been times when I had a multitude of factors playing out in different parts of my life. So, and I think we all do, we're humans, right? So we're not just the person who goes to work. We're the person who goes to work that has other people in our lives that has other things going on in our, maybe with our finances or uh, with the health of a family member or, you know, with our children or our spouse or whatever. And we bring the whole person to work. So that all of the collection of things that you're dealing with in your life 
And then you insert yourself into an environment where sometimes you'll work places and you'll feel more aligned or like you're more of a natural fit with the vibe of the place or the culture of the place. And sometimes if you're like me, you won't. (laughs) Sometimes you'll find yourself in a place where maybe you like a lot of your colleagues and you like what you do, but you just don't feel like the culture of the place is a fit. When you have all that, so you're your whole person, you've got your personal life, you've got potentially challenges there. Then you have the natural challenges you experience in your career, you know, because it's a series of ups and downs. Sometimes you have wins, sometimes you have losses. And then when you place on top of that, a culture where it might not be a fit, resilience can be a very tough thing. And those are the times, I think all of the time we should be working on being more resilient because, you know, having better self-control or self-command is only going to serve us. But when we're in those extreme environments and you'll know when you are, because if you hate going to work on Monday, if you dread having meetings with your boss or certain colleagues, you're going to know that you're in an environment or in a team or in, you know, sort of work relationship situations that are compounding or pushing against your natural ability to be resilience. So this episode is especially good for those times in your life. I mean, think about the biggest triggers in your life. The argument you have with your kids or your mother or your spouse over and over again. That person at work who bothers you, that thing your boss always says that instantly triggers you or whatever. You might not feel like you're ever going to get out of that pattern, that it's just going to go on forever. But I'm asking you to imagine a world where that same thing or that same person or that same exact situation happens and you're not triggered, where you feel neutral, where you just move on with your day instead of wallow in frustration, anger, defensiveness, or whatever. That's a better world, right? And most of us think when we're in those extreme times that we need to, you know, maybe leave a relationship or maybe get a different job. And what I'm telling you is that you can try something different instead you can choose to build resilience. And when you do, that better world we just talked about is available to you immediately. Give the ABC model a try or check out episode one of this podcast on the five interrelated parts to any problem. They're sort of different ways into the same thing. Most importantly, what I want you to know is that you have the ability to create the resilience or anything else that you want right here and right now. Until next time, make it a great week, my friends. Do you have a life coach? If not, I'd be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program and monthly membership called Next Level. Inside, we take the material you hear on this podcast, study it, and then apply it. Join me at thepurposefulcareer.com 
backslash next level. Don't forget the, the purposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Join me and together we'll make your career and life everything you dream of. We'll see you there.